Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, our mission is to create the next generation of great bosses. We do this through a variety of training programs, which include our 13-month live masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Boss. This program provides the basic building blocks for being an effective lead, supervisor, or manager. We also have a 13-month live virtual masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Teammate. In this program, we work with individual contributors, building the people and technical skills that will make them more effective. Many of these modules refer to the work in our management program so all employees can be on the same page. A new program for this year is our Art of Being an Administrative Superstar. Your admin staff is the backbone of your organization. This program gives them the important problem-solving and decision-making tools, which will absolutely increase their effectiveness. We offer a number of one-hour short-topic seminars as well, and these are perfect for in-service training and brown-bag lunches. Finally, we offer the opportunity to license all of our materials so your in-house trainers can deliver our programs. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or call us at 931-221-2988. You know, I've talked a lot about the time I spent in the Navy and how majority of that time was not a real happy time for me. But one thing that I do appreciate and continue is the friendships and the camaraderie that we had. And so... Of all things, I guess it was maybe about four or five months ago, I was on LinkedIn and noticed somebody by the name of Margaret Paul. And I remembered that my wife and I were stationed at Naval Hospital Long Beach from 89 to 92. And our department was right next door to physical therapy. And that is where Margaret Paul used to work. So Margaret's boss was a guy named Harvey Simpkins, which actually has been a, a family friend for years since then. And Yet, Margaret Paul was one of those people that is just kind of ironic. I ran into her. Turns out she is a life coach. And so I had her on the show. The episode is entitled, How to Get Mindfully Healthy. Margaret's been through the ringer, and I had no idea when we reconnected. But what she has done is she has basically pulled herself together and developed a career path now that enables her to help others. And so lots of really good tips in this one. She's got a special offer at the end. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. And it was great reconnecting. So let's quit talking about Margaret. Let's talk to her. You know what time it is. Let's make sure the personal item is tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure that seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Margaret Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. I'm really glad you could join us. So full disclosure here, this is a real blast from the past. And so if you listen to my show, you know that I was in the Navy 15 long, long years. And, you know, I started my business after nearly taking my director's head off in a confrontation. And so, you know, my time in the Navy was not that pleasant. The good things out of the Navy was that's where I met my wife. And the place where I met my wife is Naval Hospital Long Beach. So I know we're getting to the guest here in a moment, but that facility is no longer there. I think it's a strip mall now or something. 
But at any rate, we happened to be uh, co-workers at the dental department, and next door was physical therapy department, and Margaret Paul used to walk in and out, you know, very busy from seeing patients all day, but, you know, on that rare occasion she had a quick break, she'd pop on over and say hello, and of all things, later on, all these years later, I see her on, I think it was LinkedIn or somewhere, and wow, she's started a business. And so we're going to be talking about that today. Margaret is the founder and owner of Mindfully Healthy, and we're going to be talking today about life coaching and some of the things associated with that. So all of that, Margaret, so glad you could be here. Why don't we start by having you take us through your journey? Because you've really transitioned quite a bit from when I first met you. So tell us what you're doing now and where you started. Yes, I have transitioned quite a bit. So like Max says, you know, we knew each other in the Navy and that was back in the early 90s. Yes, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And that hospital's closed and I was married at the time and subsequently had two kids. I finished my naval career. I retired after 20 years. And we moved to Florida. And over the course of my life here in Florida, things have changed drastically. I have been through a divorce, a Category 5 hurricane, um, got remarried, and then became a widow, also suffered a broken leg, and survived COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite a roller coaster, especially these last few years. Um, everything really started around 2016. So um, my journey to become a life and health coach started um, in 20. Um, My second husband and I, he was retired and we were trying to spend more time together. So I was looking at different jobs. At the time I was, and still technically am a licensed mental health counselor, but I was working almost full time then. So I wanted to talk to a life coach. So I did some research and I couldn't find one. Because I thought, you know, talking to a life coach would help me maybe find an idea of where I wanted to go in my life. The closest one I could find was Pensacola, and that's over two hours away. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work. And she really was pushing me to join her program, which that wasn't going to work either. So um, unfortunately, COVID kicked off. And um, I, when I said that started in 20, I apologize. That was 21. Okay. So it was actually in 21. Well, everything's a blur after 20. I think I aged (laughs) 15 years and I don't even remember it. So I'm totally get that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was thinking about possibly becoming a life coach myself around that same time that I was looking for one. Well, unfortunately, that's the same year that my husband passed away. He actually died of COVID and I had to rebuild my life. So in May of 22, Something popped up on my Facebook about life coaching, which was kind of ironic. And I did some research. That program was a complete scan, scam. <laughs> um, and so I did some more digging and found Health Coach Institute, which is where I eventually completed my program through. So I'm now a certified life and health coach through Health Coach Institute. And what I loved about the program was not only the education that I got about being a life and health coach, because they're so integrated. You know, you can't have good health or good life without the other one. So, you know, if you want to have a good life, you got to have good health. If you want to have good health, you got to have a good life. So how do you do that? And this program really focused on both components, nutrition, diet, exercise. And I don't mean diet like Adkins or carbs or whatever fad diet is out there. Diet is in what we eat. Um, And during the program, I got coached by 
fellow students. I had to be coached by their faculty. I also paid to have additional coaching. I had to take two practice clients through their 90 day program, which I find amazing. They both had excellent reviews, um, which I have posted on my Facebook page. And, you know, it just, it's very immersive. You have to work on yourself while you're in this program or else you can't be an authentic coach. And so many of the techniques that I used when I was a counselor is what I taught with my clients. Many of the techniques that I'm using as a coach, I do myself. So I integrated many of these principles into my own life. And I had already been on a health journey prior to that. I did a program online where I lost 40 pounds. And through this program and through, you know, using that program that I went through, I've been able to keep that weight off for over two years. Um, recently over the winter, I gained a few, about seven pounds back, but it's almost gone. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just, it, it's like what I was doing with counseling, but it's less stressful. It's, it's just better to me, um, right now in my life to be doing this. So. Excellent. So you're, your previous career in doing counseling, how close is that to coaching? I mean, you're, I just visualize it as you're sitting in front of somebody, but is it, how, does, how does it differ from, you know, people joke around, oh, we're going to talk about our feelings. I mean, is that what we do? Or so, so what is the difference between the two of those? The biggest difference between counseling or mental health counseling and life coaching is with life coaching, there's no diagnosis. So with mental health, mental health counseling, you have to have a mental health diagnosis. So you have to have been diagnosed with depression, um, some anxiety disorder, or any other the any of the other mental health disorders. With coaching, there's no diagnosis. Um, ideally, the people that are coming to coaching may be in counseling, but they don't necessarily need that by itself. You know, um, so coaching is more of a question and answer kind of system. Um, I don't give a lot of advice in either the counseling or in coaching. It's more, um, both of them are more trying to help the client find out what they need. Um, but coaching is less therapeutic, I guess. And I know that sounds very vague and kind of lame, but that's really kind of what it is. So it's, it's more designed for people that are noticing that they might need some changes in their life and they're just not sure how to do them. They're not to the point where they need, um, any kind of mental health intervention, but it could be leading to that. So they may be struggling from some stressors or from some overeating or from difficulty sleeping or a few other different scenarios that, might lead to a mental health disorder. But the other part of it is since I do health coaching, that's completely different from counseling because now we're looking at what the person's eating, how the person is eating it, where they're eating. And then I'm also looking at, um, do they have underlying health conditions? So I'm trained to work with clients that have diabetes, heart disease, and need significant weight loss along with just generalized health coaching. So do you find when you get your clients that you get a person with a mix of both needs where they kind of need the, the help thinking about the future, but also tying in the physical or do people kind of do one or the other? No. Um, one thing I like about the health coaching side of it is it integrates the mental health 
um, emotional health, um, all of that. It's all in the program. So even when I'm doing life coaching, we will be talking about diet. If I'm doing health coaching, we will be talking about life coaching. So, you know, they're, they're very integrated. Um, there's so much research that shows what we eat completely affects how we feel, how we function, how we think, um, emotional regularity. I mean, there's just so much information out there. And, um, you know, some people will talk about walking around in a brain fog and they're having a hard time focusing. That could be a gluten sensitivity. That could be too much sugar. That could be not enough sleep. That could be not enough exercise. It could just be that they need to get rid of some stress in their life. So there's lots of different things that can cause that brain fog that can be either health or life related. So let's go back. I'm going to ask you something kind of personal. And if you don't want to answer it, that's totally fine. But from your journey, this last five years or so seems like it was pretty rough on you. Now, during that time, Margaret, were you also still working as a mental health professional? So during the divorce, the hurricane, um, all of that, yes, I was still a counselor. Um, after the hurricane, we, of course, were working a lot remotely because we didn't have any buildings. Right, and no power <laughs> if you had them, sure, yeah. Well, we so like for a while there, yeah, we had to work um, wherever we could find space. Uh, it took a while for our offices to set up tents and tables and things like that for us to work out. So we were literally working out of tents off of picnic tables. I worked at Starbucks a lot, wherever I could find a space. Um, now, after my husband died, I did have to take a break from counseling. I could not be a counselor at that time. So I got a part-time job working at Joanne's Fabrics and I loved it. It was a I bet it was a job. complete change, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a complete change. It was very physical. Um, it was very, I don't want to say mindless, but it wasn't as mindfully taxing as being a counselor. Um, unfortunately, I was never able to return to counseling adults. I had, I counseled only children and when I did go back to work and um doing adults was just a little bit too triggering so um now with coaching it's not the same because i'm not dealing with um the same kind of issues so it's not as triggering and i'm very effective when i'm working with my adults um, but i do also want to coach kids okay well what i wanted to ask too during that time like how did you manage to continue to be there for others in your day job when your own life was really going through some tough times how did you balance those two or did you ever find like it was affecting one way or the other well part honestly going back to our military uh life <laughs> that really helped a lot in being able to still work and not allow my personal life to infringe on my business life in the military, you know, we are taught to compartmentalize very well. Mm -hmm. um, when you are, you know, in an emergency room and you've got patients coming in that are life and death situations, your personal life doesn't mean diddly squat. Mm -hmm. So you have to put it away. And so I got very good at doing that. And that really helped a lot. But the rest of it was a lot of reading, a lot of journaling, a lot of self-work. Um, like I said, the life coaching program, health coaching program, that really helped a lot too, because I was able to talk to my fellow students, to the, to the faculty, to the coaches about some of the things that I was going through. I had a grief counselor. I worked in a mental health agency, so I had my own coworkers to help out when I needed it. 
Um, and, you know, I made sure that my schedule was not so overwhelming. Um, normally, on a before my husband died, I was able to see eight clients a day. After he died, I could only see six a day. Eight was too taxing. So it was about finding out what I could do, making what I could do work for me and for my clients. And then when I finally got to the point where I needed to make a definite change, doing so in a, in a transitionary pattern so that they were not left high and dry. So I did eventually leave that agency to start this business um, because huge life events can change us fundamentally. And if we don't acknowledge that change, we don't honor that change and we keep trying to fight it. And that's what I was doing. I was trying to fight it. I kept saying, well, when I get back to this, when I get back to that, and it took me a couple of times of different trying to get back to's before it finally sunk in that you can't go back. You can only keep going forward, sideways, whatever direction that you need to go at that time. And sometimes we don't realize which way we need to go. And that's why, you know, having somebody to talk to at a, either a life coaching level, a mental health level is so important because it's just bouncing those ideas off those thoughts and getting things a little bit straighter in your own head. Do you think, and I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking about this, but the fact that you have really been through hell yourself, do you think that enhances your ability to empathize or to listen? Um, I mean, how does that work? Because I, I think for me, I don't, I don't think I could do that job because I'd always be thinking about, you know, Hey, this is what I went through and, you sound like this, so this is what you ought to do, which is why I'm not a coach, obviously. But do you think that has that impacted you? And if it has, how do you compartmentalize it? I mean, you obviously know how to compartmentalize, but does that ever, do you ever think about that? It has made me much more empathetic. It has made me more patient, um, but only at times. So it's, sometimes it is a struggle because, you know, I, when I was doing counseling, sometimes people would come in and they're, they're, their circumstances, in if you were to put them on a scale, let's say, were so much lighter than mine, yet they were making such a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. So I had to use my own um, skills to be there for them. I have to put aside whatever it was that I went through and not compare it. And I tell people a lot of times that when they, when they hear my story, they're like, wow, you have been through so much. And they try to put it on that scale mm -hmm. and, and they try to say, well, that, you know, that's really hard. And your situation is much worse than mine. I said, no, my situation is just different. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at most situations. I can't say all because we are all human. Mm -hmm. I have my own judgy side once in a while. Um, but if I always look at their situation as just different from mine not a better, not a worse, just different, then it helps a lot in being there for them when they need it at the level that they need it. Okay. Well, Margaret, our audience for the podcast are primarily, we have a lot of managers that tune in and probably tire kickers that think it looks interesting, but majority of our audience is HR professionals. And so I'm going to kind of present a case study to you and kind of get your gauge on like, okay, where would we start? So, okay. so we'll start. So we'll, we'll call our HR professional. We'll call her Sally. Sally is 31. She is an HR department of one. Uh, she's overworked, overstressed, uh, often underappreciated. Uh, most days she sits at her desk during lunch hour, eating lunch, 
often stuff from, you know, Chick-fil-A or whatever anybody can go grab. And she works continually through her lunch, obviously getting to work early in the morning to get a head start, staying late in the day. Over the past year, she's probably put on about 15 pounds and sometimes feels like she just doesn't have anything left in the tank. She never really wanted to become an HR professional. She started in a path that looked interesting. People said it would be fun. And here she is, and she's saying, I don't know if I made the right decision. So kind of based on all that, um, where, where would somebody like that start, aside from saying, I need to talk to somebody, and I really should talk to somebody who has the life coach piece of this, but also I think the health and wellness piece would be important. So would this be somebody, Margaret, that would, uh, that would probably be coming through your door? Oh, yes. Um, everything that you said. I took some notes because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> it makes it easier to refer back to. Um, so, you know, there's lots of things that I could work with this young lady on. Um, it's funny, you know, it's funny how 32 is a young lady, us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, I need some 20, counseling. I don't know. <laughs> she's 26 years younger than me, so it's almost half my life. So, yes, I, I still consider her a young lady. And, All right. And, I'm a young lady still compared to other people. Yeah. Because it's not just the physical age. It's also what we feel inside. There you so. go. All right. I feel better. See, I need to come see you too. Wow. I mean, just on a podcast, I feel better. All right. So back to Sally, though. Back to Sally. Sally's the one we got to talk about. Back to Miss Sally. All right. So, you know, the way that my program starts is we always start off with an intake session. And the intake session usually lasts about an hour. and It's completely free. No matter what a client decides to do with me during that, that after that session, they will walk away with tools. Um, there's no obligation to sign on with me. It's just to find out what they want to do, tell them about my program and see if we're a good fit. So if Sally were to come with to me, you know, that would be our first session. And that's where we would try to find out what it is she's looking for, because she's got a lot of things she can work on. We could work on the stress management. We could work on her eating at her desk and helping her lose the weight. We could look work on, is this truly the right job for her? Is she in a position where she could leave that job, find out what truly speaks to her? If she's not in a position to leave that job or she wants to stay, how do we make that job better for her so she's not burning the candle at both ends, stressing herself out, gaining all this weight, and just not living a very happy life? Mm -hmm. So there's so many things we could work on. We'd have to prioritize and find out which one is going to give her the best value right away. But one of the things that this program talks about the most is small hinges swing big doors. Hmm. And the more changes someone needs to make, the less they can handle. So I wouldn't want to jump in real deep, you know, talking about her job per se. We would want to focus on start out focusing on small things to make these changes last because one thing that a lot of diet programs don't focus on is what happens after the program mm -hmm. so you do let's say you do nutrisystem or uh, weight watchers or things like that some or a program where you have to buy their products they will have a period where they reintroduce normal food, but you've got to continually buy their product. It's not about lasting habit change. And that's what this program is about. It's more about lasting habit change. We start making small steps that the clients feel comfortable doing. They start building success. They can make those changes last. They become part of who they are. 
until all of a sudden things are starting to look better because every change we make and every step we take towards our goals is progress. And one thing that I really work with my clients on is understanding that progress, no matter how small is progress, we are not looking for perfection. We're just looking to make things better slowly over time. So there's a lot of things I could work with with Sally. So assuming that Sally comes in, I mean, can Sally say, well, Margaret, I need this to happen in like six weeks because I got some big decisions to make. I mean, can you time bound these things or do you kind of have to let it take its course? Well, you know, with anything, if we make a knee jerk reaction and we jump too fast, it could fail. Mm. I mean, imagine not winding up a chute properly and then you jump out of the airplane. So six weeks, if I had six weeks, we could try to make it work, but I, I would never guarantee anything is going to work out in such a short time. But over that six weeks, there would be improvement. There would be some decrease in stress. They would gain knowledge. Would they have the goals that they want in six weeks? It depends on how big the situation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think with our audience, we see that quite a bit. And it's, you know, if you think about it, it's a stressful position where, in a sense, you don't have a lot of power. You don't have a lot of control. You're often in a reactionary mode. Uh, you're always wanting to have a seat at the table. And then oftentimes when you're at the table, you're dragged there and people demand an answer that you don't possibly have because there is no answer. And so we observe this. You know, when we go to the conferences, we kind of see what this looks like. And it just seems as though... Mm-hmm. We're all fighting a hard battle, but no one's got an advocate. And it sounds as though what you're really talking about here is someone can come alongside you and give you a little bit of clarity and to really guide you in health and goals. And at the end of this, you know, give you the clarity. And, and even, you know, I experienced this even, I still had three or four years left in the Navy before I finally got out after knowing what I wanted to do. But once I knew what I wanted to do, I didn't care anymore. It's like, all right, there, this is paying my bills. I don't need this anymore. Right. And very soon I'm going to be gone and it'll be in my rearview mirror. And when it was, it was a powerful, awesome day. But it made so much, it made life so much better. It reframed my horrible experience into basically a gift. The Navy's a gift. It's income and it's good income. The job sucks, but man, it's, it's decent and good <laughs> well, benefits. And My job was awesome. I loved my job. I'm so glad I did it. So well, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm probably the only guy that ever stayed in a career and hated every moment. I knew when I got off the bus at boot camp, Margaret, I'd made a mistake. But you know, every time I was getting ready to get out, there'd be a, a life catastrophe. And, you know, before I knew it, like, well, might as well gut it out until that day in 96 when the decision was made. So, right. but for those who are listening... You know, don't do this alone. You you have people who are willing to help. And Margaret is somebody who has the experience and she has the knowledge and the skills. And so if you're listening to this right now, um, you're probably wondering, how can I get in touch with Margaret Paul? So Margaret, if my guests would really like to work with you, what's the best way to find you? So the best way to reach me would be either through my work number or through my email address. Okay. My work number is 850 850- and it is a HIPAA protected phone system. So I don't have any records in my phone of anybody calling me. So even your phone call to me would be confidential, um, which I like. And then the other way is through my email address, which is mindfullyhealthy2022 at gmail.com. 
I also have a Facebook page under Mindfully Healthy and an Instagram page under my name. And then a, no, I'm sorry, Instagram is under Mindfully Healthy and LinkedIn is under my name. So if you had to, you could also reach out to me in those areas. Excellent. Yeah. And I've read your LinkedIn posts. They're very good. You tell good stories in there. And so, yeah, absolutely. Definitely check out Margaret Paul. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing some of your wisdom with us and, and your experiences as well. And if you are listening to this today, I want to encourage you. In fact, one thing that uh, Margaret said, and maybe we're just going to keep it a secret, but you actually can get a little discount if you are interested. Yeah. So yes. if anybody wants to sign up with me as a life or health coach and they mention this podcast, they will get 50% off of the program rate. All right. So you heard it there. So you mentioned HR Oxygen and the podcast and Margaret Paul will take good care of you. Margaret, it's been so nice reconnecting and thank you so much for taking time out to be on the show today. We really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Mac. This was great. I love talking about what I do. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs, more information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.